Welcome to Politically Pissed. My name is Saeed Charbini, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Simon and Katya. Go ahead and say hi, y'all. Hello. Welcome. And today we have a very special guest, Megan Creedon. Go ahead and say hi. Hello. All right, Megan, you're here today because we wanted to talk to you a little bit about sexual harassment at the Capitol. I've, I know you have some experience with it, and we're really appreciative that you wanted, you're willing to come and talk to us about this. Um, do you want to sort of, you and Katya probably can give us some of the best background as far as like what historically happens at the Capitol, what kind of things you might have seen. You don't have to name names if you don't want to. You can if you like. Just kind of give us a rundown of sort of the culture at the Capitol. It's an interesting place to be. I can also just like speak for both of us, both Katya and I, when I say like, I don't think that we ever imagined that we would still be talking about this right now. Yeah. Um, How long has it been? Like almost two years. Year. Yes. Almost two years. Because, yeah, the first article came out um, November, like, the only reason I remember is because the day before my birthday, November 16th, like, what, 2017? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a joke when we hit the six-month mark of, like, still this was a thing and, like, nothing's going on. And then now we're, like, almost at the two-year mark. And it's just, like... It's not really funny anymore. I mean... So there was never an investigation oh yeah so yeah but let's 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 start though let's keep with the capital as far as like what what kind of things you've seen go around there and just sort of behaviors and culture yeah i think that a lot of it just stems from you know you have a building full of people who are all around the same age i would say like i feel like what average is maybe like 40s 50s uh, for senators for sen- and like reps, yeah, and reps, uh, and then you got younger ones, who, you know, thirty-five, and then yeah. you got aides and interns who are twenty. Oh gosh, and volunteers from anywhere from eighteen to thirty something. Yeah. Okay, so you have sort of like different gaps in ages and stuff like that. Did you notice a lot more of like older on younger, younger on younger? Like, where yeah. did the demographic go for that? I think that like what's so interesting is you have that age difference, and you have the. Which I think just does a lot for that power dynamic, too, where it's, like, doubling down on that power dynamic of, like, the people in charge really having a lot more when you have, you know, like, interns don't get paid anything, aides barely get paid anything, volunteers don't get paid, and they're usually maybe a bit older, and with the majority of the, quote-unquote, like, people helping, like, the help being 18 to probably 25 on average, Mm -hmm. their bosses being you know twice their age and yeah yeah, and you have this dynamic where they're away from oftentimes they have to travel to be here they're away from their families they're away from their normal life they're around a lot of alcohol and a lot of you know they have a lot of like power Mm -hmm. everyone wants to talk with them and wants to like you know there's events that are being put on and I think it's a really unique situation because of all of those things going together makes it almost like a college frat house situation. You know? That's not good. No, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're away from your spouse and children, and you're in, like, a little apartment that you have and the people you're interacting with on, like, a day-to-day basis that's in a really high-stress environment. She's referring to the legislators, not 
AIDS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I was like, I th- yes. The, yeah. Legislators, yeah. they usually just like, if they're from out of town, like they get housing stipends and they yeah. can stay closer during session to the Capitol. I mean, no one can sit down and like lay out that situation and be like, oh, yeah, that's going to end great. Let's not put <laughs> anything in place. Yeah. That's going to go well. Just let's throw like copious amounts of alcohol on it. Yeah. You know, like, and just see what happens. Mm. Like, that's the culture of the Capitol. That's what it is. It's people that kind of use it as like crazy fun party time I think I I think it's very interesting that you know you're portraying the situations in which lawmakers find themselves right you know the the stress the limited um, human interactions you know on the more the the private side they're away from their families and whatnot but at the end of the day sexual harassment is a choice right of course That, that that they make and I assume or I hope that most people at the Capitol choose not to sexually harass others. What was the, but for both of you, uh, Katya and Megan, what was your, you know, you cannot tell us numbers, but sort of an idea of like how prevalent it is and how many of the 100 lawmakers Just may have engaged in it as, as far as you oh. can guess. I can mm-hmm. more speak to the number of people who have been harassed. Not, I don't know. I can't speak to the number of lawmakers who are doing this, yeah. although I do I do know who a lot of them are. I can say that one of my best friends, a male, was harassed. He was my intern. I know of one case where a young woman was basically held up against a wall and almost raped by a current senator we have. And no one's done anything about it. She didn't want to talk because she's now in, in aiding Congress. I know a lot of unreported cases, and I know a lot of uh, reported cases that people have just shoved aside. Megan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I can speak to the amount of people doing the harassing, I suppose, because I think that... I don't know, it's hard. Like, what makes people uncomfortable is very different. And I think it depends on also, like, I could hear someone make an offhand comment to somebody and be like, oh, that's gross. But realistically, they just, like, have that kind of relationship where it's okay or I, you know, so I don't know. From people I've talked to, like, there definitely is a lot. And I just think it's because it's this, like, underlying misogyny in a building like that where you have, you know, predominantly men and it's always been predominantly men. So there is, I think, the, like, boys club kind of aspect of it. And, like... Can I cut you off a little bit there? Because Colorado has the most female representatives and senators for the state level in the country. So I mean, and it's been that way for For a little bit. For Democrats or for everybody? One of the highest. One of the highest. Either one of or the... uh, Just because we have women doesn't mean that we're not misogynistic. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't disagree, but I just wanted to make that point real quick. That like, yeah, I mean, even with that, we still have that mentality mm-hmm. there. Yeah, but yes, and I think that internalized misogyny is a thing, and it's real. And just because there are more women than normal in a building does not mean that it's, which is kind of counterintuitive, but that that situation is any different because I think that when you're in a situation where it's a male-dominated field, there are two ways to deal with it and that, like, to survive. 
and you become them or you fight them and just deal with those consequences kind of in both ways and so yeah I think that like you know you can't beat them join them is one of a very common mentality because that's the path of least resistance to take and you know forwarding your career and making it easier on yourself and you know you can't really fault people for that because society has told us that that's the norm and that we should just deal with it and figure it out there's no good way to navigate those situations how many people uh filed in our in the bomb gardener case do you remember three or four official was that there was three people who were spoke for about eight or nine yeah victims (laughs) yeah wow but megan was the only one to talk i got outed and nobody and there was one person i think who was known at the capitol who was a bipartisan staffer and then the rest were all person x or y or so forth yeah so, so do you want to tell us about your experience trying to report now like which is extremely brave through. of megan oh I, I agree and we like i said very appreciative that you're doing this well no and like i don't know it was I definitely felt like I came from a place of privilege because I was no longer there. I was no longer doing anything that involved being in politics. I was removed from it enough where I felt like I was really probably one of the only people who could give it the like credibility of having a name attached to the complaints and it wouldn't affect any of my career choices like I'm not I went to school I I was in art school at the time like you know I I knew that if I wanted to I could still have like a lucrative career and separate myself from the building well I want to ask you too then is this part of the decision you made not to pursue this avenue um that's no yes and no um it was fun And I enjoyed my time there, like, overall, I think, despite all of this. But, yeah, I think it just, it definitely put a bad taste in my mouth. Because we have just that incidence in itself, but then I think more so was everything that followed um, and how the whole situation went down and was handled that just really put a bad taste in my mouth and I was like no I'm good I don't need to be a part of that <laughs> do you mind sharing a, a timeline of you know when you filed and what was the response to I'll try to like a reader's digest version <laughs> <laughs> as much as I can and it was a clusterfuck I it was really horrible yeah I think I've only actually sat down and gone through like since it happened the whole story like once like a year ago and I'm like, oh my God, I just sound like a crazy person. And I was like, I forgot all of this happened. Like, this is insane. And so, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> so I was an aide intern, intern there at the Capitol in the Senate in 2016. So that would be, you know, first six months out of the year, five months out of the year. And... I was only there like a couple days a week and that's when the incident first occurred at the uh, rain barrel bill when it was passed in committee. Then I 
filed in yeah November 2017 right mm-hmm. no that was when the article came out you filed first I filed first and because you filed I filed after like not that went down and like nothing really happened yeah. I was like okay nope I'll get on this like put more pressure on and I filed probably in March yeah I was interviewed by a separate HR firm and they found it credible and then the Republicans said um yeah we don't we want this doesn't sound credible to us basically Mm -hmm. uh so they put me basically on trial in the Senate and decided that he was not guilty because they had the majority in the Senate so we didn't know at the time but they also had two more cases that were found credible Against the same person? Yes. And they were just sitting on them for uh, the... Oh, no, they knew. Everyone knew. <laughs> well, But they didn't tell you. They d- I didn't know. I, I did. Um, oh, well, no, ahead, I did yeah. not. It was... So it was absolutely ludicrous. It was... So I had to, since they didn't enjoy whoever you went through, saying that all of the cases brought forth were credible... Yeah, they went. They changed. They changed firms. They did, and they said, "Okay, let's see if their claims are credible." Yeah. So they they said, "Yes, they are." And then second firm said the same thing. And then they did it with a different person, and this person, yes, they are. And I guess three. Yeah. Well, independent. Well, I don't know if it was. It was two two different firms, HR firms, independent HR firms. The treat the bill that we the taxpayers paid must be astronomical. It's in six figures for sure. I don't. I have it written down somewhere. No, it, there's an article about it. There is where, an article you can find. Yeah, it's like how much money was spent on, but it's like the total of like um, lawyers and Wagner. like the outside firms that they got to investigate and the sexual harassment training and like all of that that they did is a yeah. It's a ludicrous number. It's incredibly high, and that's not counting like you know, whatever was paid on their end for their own, like, private attorneys, which is a whole nother thing. But, yeah, so I had my meeting with the investigatory firm. I walk in there by myself. As did I. (laughs) Sat down, you know, went through the whole thing. Like, it was, she was cool, it was fine, like... It was kind of wild, and obviously it was, like, very nerve-wracking. It was also the same day as the Lebsock vote, so it was just, like, a really stressful day. It was a lot. I'm just like, fantastic. Okay, here we are. (laughs) And um, just didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to file a complaint to begin with. I guess if we want to, like, go back that far. I had no idea what the process was. Um, And I think the biggest question we get is, like, well, why did you wait so long to file a complaint? So let's, I'd like to start there just because I think I've gotten that question a lot. And I think just subsequently with the topic of like sexual harassment and any sort of like sex crime like that, where people that are victims, I guess, take longer to come forward. Like at the time when it happened, there was so much of it going around and it was the same year that there was, I don't I think you remember this more than I do. Maybe you remember names. I'm just bad with names. Um, one of the male senators said, like, a really made a really sexist comment. Like, I remember 
he called uh, Senator Donovan eye candy. There was a lot of uh, interesting things going on that sec. Yeah, that- and that was in committee, on the record. With you people, can find it. Yeah, it's a I was sitting there, you know. And so when that happens, and he just gets like a talking to, who is going to give a flying fuck about what I'm doing? And I think that it's so much too of like, well. I was really social and like, you know, I was a fashion design major. It's like always dressed really cute and like tried to be cute and like, you know, you're there networking. But like that doesn't make a fucking difference one way or the other. Like, but you you do, you run through it and it's, and then you have things that are like worse happening and no one cares. So you're sitting there and you're like, why? Like, why in the world would I, like who, A, first, who would I tell? Because everyone knew. It's not like I didn't well, talk about no it. Because there's no real organization at the Capitol to take those, right? No, nope. there is no. There was no HR. There was nothing in place. There was nothing spoken about. I had absolutely no idea. Okay. So, were you, are you supposed to go to the secretary of the Senate, who is in charge? Apparently, of that's the non-partisan staff, right? They're not really in charge of the interns, or are they? Well, no. they are. But actually, they? they are. They are. Yeah, really. They're in charge. Well, you were an intern. I was an yeah. aide, and they're in charge of us. So I was glad at that time when I filed, she wasn't in charge of my payroll anymore. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's, and, but at the same time, like the nonpartisan staffers that are in there, like work very closely with whoever's in the majority office. Their job's dependent on them. Yeah. So it is this really, it's definitely not like uh, someone who's trained to handle that, who is on like a non-bias Mm. yeah I wouldn't yeah. want that to be their job either it's not fair to them no I agree and that was a lot of it too is like uh, some of the things that happened I think are just only because that's not what their job is to do like mm-hmm. it was just thrown on thrown on them as well so essentially you could equate it to you had to turn in the complaint to the people that were doing this to you correct okay but we didn't really know we, that at the time. No, we had no. Okay. Well, see, we had no idea what. We just trusted the system, and we just said, "Okay, I guess this is the best we can do." Yeah. And we just threw our. And it was. Let's just, uh, let's yeah. move on to the system. Actually, let's yeah. talk about what they've done since. Have they fixed anything to help with people now? And what did they do in the meantime in order to rectify everything? According to this last session, they have got. A panel of lawmakers, three Republicans and three Democrats, I believe. You and the other legislator go before a panel of these three bipartisan. I don't think that's a great solution. I think it's a terrible solution. Um, what do you think, Megan? Yeah, that's definitely not ideal. There's so much that can happen to manipulate the system, right? And back to what you were saying where there were critical credible complaints when they did the expulsion hearing about your case mm-hmm. um what happened was i sent an email well once i found out that the they were doing the expulsion vote i was talking to the woman who put out the articles right benta and she was like, well, what's going on with yours? Like, have you heard back? And I was like, no, I haven't heard anything back. She's like, shoot him an email because I'm curious. Like, wouldn't it be, yeah, like watch. Like, wouldn't it be funny? Like, it's just like sitting on their desk and they're, uh, that's why they're calling it. It's like, it's going to come out tomorrow, right? And I was like, yeah, totally. That'd be wild, right? Like, of course not. Well, <laughs> funny story. Um, that's exactly what happened. 
And it was my complaint that was done in the same report as the other complaint. And so I emailed the like workplace attorney or whatever it is, asking her kind of like the status of things. And she's like, oh yeah, like, you know, well, he hasn't participated yet. And this is like a month later, right? After I like met with her for the first time. Well, he hasn't participated. And I was talking to the person who is like in charge of all of this. And so, I mean, I finished the report. I'll just like make an addendum. Like if he, you know, ends up coming in. But so like they have it, it's finished. Just without his participation. And it was both me and the other complaints report that was done at the same time. I couldn't get a copy of it. So I'm in the dark. We're all in the dark. But I knew that if they were, if they had this, so it was sent to them Friday afternoon, like Friday night, evening. And Monday morning was when they called the expulsion vote. Which, like, that's quite a coincidence. Another coincidence is that the date that they chose for him to come in and do his interview, like, the last possible day, was two days after the last day that was available to, like, put forth anything to be heard on the floor, because it was towards the end of session, which is also, like... Last minute, right? last thing. So convenient. Yeah. So the report the last thing come in so the reports won't be released until he goes in there is after you can submit anything so then that means that there's no other expulsion vote that's allowed to happen that session because you can't put forth anything to be heard on the floor after a certain date so (laughs) it was so yeah literally during the expulsion hearing i was i got this information and it was like decided day of this is when we're having it right I'm trying to get this information, email her, and trying to make it down to be like, hey, guys, this is what's happening. Like, they have two credible reports. I know they're credible because they wouldn't have called this Mm -hmm. if they weren't because they would wait until it came out and be like, look, they're not credible. So no one cares. But they're not going to – if they're not credible, they're not going to call the expulsion vote today, you know? Well, I want to ask you about another hearing that I went to with the both of you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) that was more along the lines of trying to fix it afterwards how do you guys feel about that do you want to kind of explain what happened there a little bit i mean i know you two probably had a better understanding of it being involved in it but i mean it was kind of ludicrous to begin with and i think didn't someone fall asleep on the panel at one point (laughs) yes yes (laughs) (laughs) who was it that Um, fell asleep dominic marina oh my god really yeah wasn't it? I should yeah, I should have slapped him mm. on Saturday. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um it was a clusterfuck and it was also this yeah, they just seems to be the over they they there was a lot of mean girl going on. And then yes. there was the mom from Parker, nice lady mom from Parker, didn't really know what she was doing. And Bob Gardner and politicking it up, Mr. Republican and blah 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 blah. And it just they didn't get anything done anything well and the session they almost didn't get anything done it was not brought up a single time in the democratic caucus this last session yeah they brought up what the last like, week they didn't brought it up in a, in a week they they just they barely smashed it in there this year yeah so if i may ask a question um and maybe some of our viewers don't realize so the legislature is very understaffed, right? There is a, an aide, 
and interns. Interns are yeah. unpaid. So the yeah. aid is typically part-time, unless that has changed recently. Um, I think it's you get enough hours you, for one full-time person or uh-huh. a couple part-time. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So point being, they heavily rely on the aid and the interns, oh, right, yes. to do yeah. a lot of the research, handle constituent requests. Even write bills. So sexual harassment, it victimizes, right, the, the, the target of it. But this is also very unproductive, right? Oh, yeah. Imagine mm-hmm. the environment in which your staff are terrified of being around you when they are supposed to help you to do the people's business. Are there yeah. any sort of examples or experiences you can think of where this was pretty obvious? Yes. Oh, definitely. Well, I had the luck of working for incredible people. Um, and you worked for Senator Merrifield, who's yeah. a great guy. Great. But, um, like... No, nothing in like my office um yeah but no i definitely like oh i do know an example never mind keep going yeah um one office that went through like three aids in like three weeks they did it again this year too oh fun same person yep <gasps> oh do we want shucker. to invite people and who this person is you can say no, it's fine. No, I think that just, I don't, because it's not something that it's happened. It's still under, I, the person is researching this right now, so I don't want to say her name. Yeah. Okay. Just be, I, yeah, I don't want to blow the story. Well, I don't want to like. You, you said her name every time out of female woman, yeah. lawmaker. Because earlier we were talking about this being a, a problem of, or part of the problem is misogyny, right? But you're saying that they're also women acu- uh, women offenders and oh yeah and oh, yeah. also making clear that this is not it's a not partisan gender thing, and right? it's not sexual orientation but I think that goes back to what Megan said about buying into the culture mm-hmm. in the sense of that's just what goes on so even women do it well that oh, yeah. and like sexual harassment sex crimes like this is gonna sound maybe silly but like they're not about sex no it's about mm. power. It's about power. Yeah. It's all power. It has nothing to do with sex. And so I think the just the reason why it's more common to have it, like, the offender be a male is because men are used to having more power, and so they're a bit more, like, shitty when it gets taken <laughs> away or the thought of it being taken away or, like, needing That's to get point. it in other areas and show, like, how powerful and, like masculine and blah 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 they are and I think that they're not especially at the Capitol like the blurred lines come from we are I think they just don't get what you're saying is like we are working there this is our job like we're not getting paid that much they rely so heavily on the help that they get oftentimes for free and they still, in some part of their brain, don't think, oh, this person's being nice to me because they fucking have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this, like, job, 18-year-old right? girl who I think is hitting on me, like, is yeah. probably just being polite. Well, she's probably being polite. She's excited to work there. She's happy about her new job. Or yes. Yeah. And I think that it's even more dangerous because bec- because of the age difference where you think of these like much older men and women as your parents or grandparents Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like not even I think for a lot of people on their radar that that's a thing and this could be their first job this could be their first experience like in any sort of professional workplace and so they don't understand they may not be professional and they might have 
shitty expectations of you and like what you're there for nothing of any substance and that would actually make any change has been done I was disappointed by how everything was handled really where I wanted to fight it so hard to like keep it in their minds and so like the legislator passed because I still know a lot of people there and I talked to them and reached out and tried my best and when I never got responses from I mean like just emails back from people about it just asking like the status or to update me or like hey something I'm really interested in like what's going on what are we doing like with my personal lawmakers and with the people on the boards and like on the committee the interim committee it was when I reached out to them and really got generally no response um, and nothing really of substance that said a lot and it's like why am I why am I going to use this system that fucked us over so hard to why do I think that that's the route to go to make it better and so them policing themselves and making rules for themselves in this scenario is just absolutely ludicrous it's insane it amen yeah like it uh, yeah i mean it's just absolutely insane to think that they would do anything that would give them less power (laughs) at the end of the day and like put it in the hands of a committee that isn't associated with the capital or doesn't have like the interest and they're not a part of it, I don't think they'll do because then they lose all control. At the end of the day, they're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the aides and interns that are there. They get held to a different standard than the lawmakers. If some, if like I did any of these things to somebody, I would have been fired in two seconds. Or sued. And yeah, probably. And so as like a, an aide and intern, you you're held more responsible for your actions than the person that you're working for. And oftentimes you end up babysitting the person that you're working for. Seriously, as they no, get I mean, too... It's, 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 it's not... It, it's really not funny. As they yeah. get too drunk and inappropriately touch not people. Or in a, no, 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 not who I work for, but like just in general, like I definitely have seen in a lot of cases like legislators yeah, and where true. their aides like have to just monitor them and babysit them. And, and these are grown people. Yeah, but then They're they also people. are the people with the least amount of consequences that's true too and so i think this is something that i've just been saying the whole time is as the public they need to know about these issues they need to care about these issues because it's an insane amount of tax dollars that get spent on this when it happens they don't get reported to the public when cases of sexual harassment happen unless the person who made the complaint wants to go forward and make it public so they get voted in. They can't get fired. You have to vote them out. You have to recall them. You have to do something. But it has to be done by the voters. It can't be done by anyone else. And it won't be done by anyone else. And I think just the knowledge that if you don't like who your elected official is, if they're doing things like this, if they're treating their staff poorly, if they're horrific humans and they're breaking the law and they're, you know, sexual predators, you should do what you can to get them out of office. Because you elected them, you can get them out, and it's up to you. And that's, I think, something that people don't think about as much, and they want it done at the top, and that's just not going to happen. Let's go ahead and move into final thoughts. Katya, you said you wanted to go first? I just have uh, just really boring news, but it's important. 
the Trump administration has finally decided to be truthful in saying they're going to stop doing daily press briefings. So we'll see what happens. I heard about that. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. So we'll just have to tune into Fox and Friends. <laughs> 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 Essentially, yes. Oh, God. Well, I guess I'll go uh, next. You know, we, we talked about public officials, elected officials, and I think the underlying message is that we have high expectations of them, right? But they're probably not behaving like a typical employee, and it's, it's, it's terrible to, to see that so many of them um, are not good role models. And, and speaking of role models, President Trump actually did something good. He fired John Bolton, oh, yeah. the man <laughs> whose dream and fantasy is a war on Iran. So thank you, President Trump, for firing John Bolton, but not thank you for hiring him in the first place. <laughs> Do you think the Iranians actually attacked that Saudi oil plant? I do not know. Uh, it's not out of question yeah. because they are they have less and less to lose given how stricter the sanctions are getting, so we should not be surprised to see them act um, right. you know irrationally. All right. My final thought is I want to move to something a little more local. Um, I want to talk about the school board election coming up. It's very important. Denver Public Schools is going to have an election soon. I think there's uh, even some municipal elections around the city, too, in different areas. Local elections matter. Uh, everyone needs to vote in everything, and I think Megan made a good point about this, is uh, your elected officials represent you. So pick the best people you think that can represent you the best. Today is um, what National like Bisexuality Awareness Day, and so... And National Family Day, according to the Heritage Foundation. I mean, <laughs> same, same, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so just shout out to all the fellow fantastic bisexual humans out there. And their families. And their families on Family Day. Hopefully you have lovely, wonderful, supportive families. And if not, hopefully you have uh, found some lovely, fantastic, and supportive chosen families to spend the day with. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us. Everybody want to say goodbye? Bye. See ya. Goodbye. Yeah, guns close doors to the system Yeah, fuck them when we say we're